Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. This podcast helps you discover wealth is more than just money. It consists of several empowering components that make up wealth in your personal and business life. Now, here's your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Good day, good day, everyone. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Welcome to another episode of Wealth Academy Podcast, and I'm glad that you're with me today. We have a special guest today by the name of, and I really appreciate having her with us. And uh, let me give you just a short bio on her. She's a really extraordinary human being, and she, in fact, retired from the United States Air Force, just as I did, and we worked together. And uh, she worked for the National Guard in the Pentagon, and we thank her for her service to a grateful nation. Angela, good day, and how are you doing, my friend? Oh, great. I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate have, uh, what you're doing. Honored to have you. And uh, by the way, Angela is our first contestant, Enter to Win contestant, for the coaching session of which uh, we are going to be uh, participating today and sharing that with all of you listeners in the Wealth Academy podcast community and beyond. So Angela, welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. It's an honor to coach you and introduce you to listeners in my community. During this coaching session, I'm going to be addressing a few of your money questions during this session. That's money, money mindset, as well as financial intelligence is so important to people the world over. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. So let's get started. Uh, what question do you have for me pertaining to money, a money mindset, and our financial intelligence? And I'll be glad to coach you through it. So one thing that I'm concerned about is um, to get out of debt and become debt-free and to pay cash primarily um, in and when I do my transactions. And teaching my, my family the same? Uh, that's a really, really great question. And of course, uh, Angela's question is about how to become debt free, which we all strive for. And then also, how do we get to that cash basis? And then how do we uh, take our family along with us? I think that's a great question. Uh, first of all, uh, Angela, I'm just going to have a, just a short conversation with you here in regards to the talks that you may have heard from your parents or family members and it, what I call a money talk. And a money talk involves, you go to your parents and say, mom, dad, you know, I need some money. I want to go, go shopping. They say, baby, hey, I don't have any money. I'm broke today. Even though I work, I'm broke. And so that's kind of an example of a money talk. Have you had that talk before? Uh, yes, I did have that talk. And um, it just, it only, it, what it did, it made me want to make my own money. Yes. But it, but it didn't teach me anything. Got it. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's normally how it is because in all likelihood, I know with my parents, uh, my parents didn't have that conversation with, with their parents either because people were just trying to survive. And people, mm -hmm. they were very blessed to even have a job. And my family were uh, factory workers uh, for a combined 55 years between the two of them. But we would have that, we'd never had that money talk. So we, in essence, learned on our own. So oftentimes, if we don't have a structure in place, uh, we're going to mm -hmm. get in debt because people don't talk to us about purchasing your first vehicle. We never, when I look back on it, I said, oh gosh, I probably paid too much for that car. Off your yeah. Are you purchasing your first home? It's like, 
Did I do everything possible to get the best value I could get for this house? And mm-hmm. it's just so many things. And so in order for us to work our way through and become debt free, we simply have to take each bill, each account that we have, whether it's a credit card, personal loan, uh, and just look at those lower uh, value things other than perhaps a car or a, a house or apartment. Mm-hmm. And we pay the, take the lowest bill and we pay that off and just focus everything on that and then just make uh, the minimum payments on the other cards until we pay that one off. And then we go to the next lowest uh, uh, bill and we pay the minimum on the other bills and just put as much as we can on that lowest bill until we get that paid. We don't have to turn those credit cards back in because it, it's actually would be damaging to our credit. So we just take mm-hmm. them, put them in an envelope, put them in a safe deposit box and just put them away only in the case of an emergency. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, and, and so until we get all of those bills paid off and then at that point, we can start getting a savings account going and maybe put in 20 to 30% in or uh, per, per month. And mm-hmm. then we can look at uh, getting an emergency fund, maybe six to nine months down the road. And then uh, we'll start uh, generating wealth at that point. At that point, we can start investing in different instruments. And then going back to your question, uh, how do we get to a cash-only basis? We, we can get there by paying off those credit cards and not relying on them unless it's a, a made more major purchase and pay mm-hmm. cash for everything. And that would put us in good stead. And uh, also for the family, the family is going to have to have a money talk. We're going to sit down and talk about things. And it represents change. No one likes change, not even me. (laughs) (laughs) And so we sit down and we have this talk and we talk it out and say, well, this is our goal. You know, I I may not become a millionaire. Uh, I tell my children, I may not become a millionaire, but you have a good chance to become one. If you're 17 or 18 years old, over a 20 year period of time, they can become a millionaire, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, that, that's uh, really the way to uh, go about it, becoming debt free and then getting in a cash only basis. And then of course, uh, having those talks with, with those family members. Okay, great. All um, right. So I'll inter- entertain another question you have. What about um, dealing with impulse buying and living above our means. I mean, we, we don't understand, particularly as I believe as a people, the importance of that. And I definitely, you know, have not been able to wrap my mind around how do I control the impulse buying and the psychology behind uh, wanting versus need. Well, seeing it it versus long term. Yes. Well, Angela, I tell you, that is a wonderful question. And when we look at impulse uh, spending, a lot of it can be attributed to the type of economy we have. And that we are in in that um, type of economy where everything is a consumer economy and everything is advertised to us. We drive on the highway, we see a billboard. We look at our cell phones, there's another marketing uh, being uh, some item, a product, a service being advertised to us, television, radio, newspaper, magazines, you name it, and even some conversations. And so there is mm-hmm. a, a propensity uh, to want to go out and shop and think, you know what, 
I'd like to buy that. And mm -hmm. uh, we see this and then online, of course, as a result of COVID-19 has exploded. I mean, it mm -hmm. is just uh, Amazon, Walmart, they're setting records for sales. Right. And it's right. all, all because people are sitting at home and they have more time to think about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Me included. <laughs> and so when we look at the psychology behind it, we can look at mindset. And I really like to focus on mindset because mindset is really about how we view the world. It's our mindset in terms of looking at, let's say a, a new vehicle, for example. Let's say mm -hmm. if I go into that area of the Mercedes Benz, which I love and mm -hmm. say, oh gosh, I've got to have that new Mercedes. Mm -hmm. I don't have one now, but you know that I had one and that's all I thought about till I got one. I didn't even need okay. it. Yeah, I mm -hmm. didn't need it. And so the psychology behind that was the way it was advertised to me. One of the best vehicles made, it's uh, reliability, it's a good, fast vehicle, et cetera, et cetera. So we have mm -hmm. that, that. So I had that mindset that I want that vehicle. But the difference between I want and I need were two different things. And so the, the next part of psychology is having a scarcity mindset and the scarcity mindset mm -hmm. is one in which when we look at most everything, we're like, we can't afford it. There, we're mm -hmm. unlimited. Um, you know, why can't I live in that neighborhood? Why can't I drive that car? Why can't I take that trip uh, over to a country I always wanted to go to? And then the abundance mindset is the exact opposite. It's like everything is possible. There are no limits. And all we have to do is find a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Find a mm -hmm. way to put Paul, to put Angela into that Mercedes Benz. We got, we'll find a way. And, and so that's that uh, abundance mindset. And when we take that into account, the psychology behind it, a lot of that psychology does come back to wants versus needs. Uh, when we look at needs, we need healthcare, number one. Mm -hmm. We have a, a pandemic that we're facing. We're navigating it every day with COVID-19. So we have a need for healthcare. We have a need for housing. I, I feel sorry for people and, and uh, uh, you know, that God's grace and mercy will be upon them if they're homeless in the middle of a mm -hmm. pandemic. It cannot be a good situation. And right. then uh, when we, we start looking at uh, uh, the other needs of food. Food seems mm -hmm. to be one of those really big issues that people are facing right now because companies are shuttered, people are not working. And if they are, they're remote employees. And then they have the food lines and the food banks that are just inundated and don't even know if they're going to be able to supply people with food. But through mm -hmm. the kindness and the compassion of the American people and uh, food producers, are they able to make this happen? But for how long can they do this? Right. When, when will the vaccine actually take effect and, and mm -hmm. make a difference to just slow this down? And so that's part of what we're looking at. Now, when we look at wants, we want it all. Right. <laughs> right? We want mm -hmm. it all. You know, part mm -hmm. of it is, you know, we grew up and we know knew people who were well off in the community, right. classmates in high school. Uh, we know people in the military were well off. There, by the way, uh, Angela, there are a lot of military people that were millionaires, and we didn't even know it at the time. 
<laughs> oh wow! Well, you know I wasn't one of them. <laughs> oh, it's not me either. <laughs> but uh, what's happened is we get around people, and when people have wants, they want to live in a certain gated community mm-hmm. because that's what we see in the movies. Mm-hmm. They want to have a flashy foreign import because that's what we see. And, and it's marketed to us. We see it in the movies and it's marketed to us. And so when, mm-hmm. we, get, when we get back down to, to reality, reality says, well, if we need a, a car, we primarily just need that to get from point A to point B without it breaking down. That's the key right there. Correct. And then when we have a house, we don't need to be in a gated community because the gated community, oftentimes we found out in 2008, a lot of the people who were millionaires were standing in food lines. They lost a job. They lost a home to mortgage foreclosure and mm-hmm. um, they were being sued by their creditors. And I know this because at that time I was being interviewed on Channel 9, WUSA here on a show titled Mind Over Money. Mm. And the host would interview me and three other financial experts. And then we would take calls from the listening public in the DMV in the District of Columbia, Maryland and Virginia. Mm-hmm. And so one person would ask the question, well, well, what do I do? Because this, this creditor, uh, let's say American Express sued me and uh, they're taking me to court. And I said, well, the, the first thing that you should do is contact that creditor and try to work out some plans, mm-hmm. work out some plans for repayment. If you do that, you can avoid going to court. But once you do go into court, perhaps you can get in there and negotiate that price down. When it came to the house, of course, they had the uh, program whereby people could refinance it, their, their house, but they can do it with longer terms. Instead of 30 years, they were doing it for 40 years to, okay. at, least, to at least keep people in their house and yeah. uh, they wouldn't lose it. They have a roof over their heads until things kind of calm down, which ultimately they did. Mm-hmm. And, and get this, Angela, one of the things that banks do when you get a, a mortgage you have to get insurance on the house, you know, in case of fire and other things such as that. Right. The bank also gets an insurance policy. So if one loses their house, the bank doesn't mm-hmm. lose any money. But most people mm-hmm. don't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's so, good to know. Yeah. And so, so that's something else, uh, you know, for people to consider uh, when we're going through this economy, because I think probably by probably next year this time we're going to see a lot more mortgage foreclosures and a lot more people because a lot of the businesses are not going to open back up they right. just aren't uh, so uh that's that's kind of where we are so um yes that that takes care of that question and you have another question i'd be glad to answer uh, yes um so how do we position our children to discover how um, become financially financially literate because they teach, for example, in high school they teach a financial literacy class, yes. but they don't teach them anything yeah. about investing or interest, stocks, uh, taxes. They don't teach them anything about that. Yeah, and that's a really great question. And, and Angela's question is, how do we pass knowledge onto our children? to help them to become financially literate and also to uh, be able to generate wealth and legacy wealth. And uh, one of the things I do know about this is that we can, first of all, have that money talk. 
Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's very important. And then just lay out a plan in terms of this is how we're going to go about it from this point on. And for example, uh, I have two teams, sit them down. This is what a bank account is. How do you get money in the bank account? You work. Mm -hmm. okay, after you work, you put money in the bank account, you save a bit for yourself and then pay for your utilities, pay for apartment, a house, if you happen to pur purchase one uh, in your youth, in which you can. And mm -hmm. then uh, one of the other things is I participated with uh, a Senator Muse and along with an, another organization and we went to the Maryland House of Representatives and we got Senate Bill 500 passed into law allowing a financial literacy uh, class to be offered for high schools. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things that I, I worked on uh, just after I retired from the Air Force. And so now they do have that, but it's not enough because mm -hmm. uh, I've seen, listened to, I've watched documentaries where young children, even professional athletes, no one ever talked to them about money. People said, why don't they teach them about money in, in, uh, in high school and in college? And they should. They mm -hmm. meaning the uh, school system should do that because mm -hmm. if they did, a lot fewer people would, would have as many challenges as people have today. And of course, we know every day we wake up with battling inflation as well. People don't talk right. about that, but let's say, uh, if uh, the utility company, electric company wants to increase the um, amount they want to charge consumers, well, they're not mm -hmm. talking five or 10%. They're talking 45% at, mm -hmm. at a time. And people just don't earn that type of money uh, just because the company doesn't feel like it's making enough of a profit for shareholders. Mm -hmm. And so we have to put people in, in the uh, local government and Congress and, and help them to work that out to help the consumers. No one can afford a 45% increase in anything. Right. So, right. Uh, and, and so that's, that's kind of where we are. But when it comes to children, there are a lot of, uh, one of the options that I love to talk to children about, youth about is entrepreneurship, youth mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. And many of the uh, youth today, at least 45% in a survey stated that they want to run their own business and they can. And mm -hmm. one reason why they can is because these Generation Z youth, they grew up with phones. So mm -hmm. they, they grew up with technology and they know it a lot better. I'm good at it. You're good at it, but they're better at it because they exactly. grew up with it. And mm -hmm. so a lot of them are building websites. Uh, they're building funnels, you know, for businesses. Uh, they're doing coding and all kinds of things. And so I would say one of the great ways for youth to actually uh, make it quite well is to start a business and start, mm -hmm. just start a small business. I've seen mm -hmm. uh, young children with uh, the young man, he had bow ties and his bow ties are marketed to the NBA, the National Basketball Association. Okay. And a, a young girl, she's, she wrote books, uh, African-American books, and she's just yeah. very successful and, and schools are bringing the books in. So there are a lot of different ways uh, for youth to really make it. But before they can, they need to know how to handle money. For mm -hmm. example, if we take a child, let's say even into Chick-fil-A and they mm -hmm. go purchase a meal. If the child has not been taught, you're gonna have some change coming back. Typically they're gonna walk away. 
right. change there because they don't know that they're supposed to have change because they don't have the experience at it. Mm-hmm. And so those are the, the fundamentals of knowing how to exchange money. So what I do, I go to the bank, I'll get some dollars, I'll get a $5 bill, $10 bill, get some coins, and I'll just go through a whole exercise with my kids. Okay, you're going to purchase this for this amount. How much change do you get back? Mm-hmm. And, and I start working at that. And then start laying out a budget, showing them what a budget is. Well, this is our budget for the month. We have a mortgage or a rent payment for the apartment. We have to pay out a car. Here's the food. Here's the utilities. Here's the insurance, the, the dental. And so uh, looking at different things such as that, that would help them along their way in terms of learning those fundamentals of personal financing. And then ultimately, when they get to that point where they can start their own business, then they know the uh, business accounting as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. Yes. So um, those were some great uh, questions, Angela. And uh, we all learn from this. We all learn. And that's the important part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, it was very informative. Yes. And do you have any, any other? Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that we that you had mentioned about the, the money talk, the, the conversation with our parents. Sure. Um, I would like to throw in a question about taxes. Oh, I love that question. So one of the things that I was taught when when I started working was to file zero exemptions. Yes. Because everyone is excited about getting the check. Right. But I learned afterwards as I, you know, after I got older and working for a good while, getting a check at the end of the year is not really the best, it's not a, a, the best way of managing your money. That's correct. That's correct. And, and, and that's a great question. And a, a lot of people put zero exemptions because they would take out, the government would take out, IRS would take out more money. And mm-hmm. at the end of the year, quote unquote, you get that money back. But um, what's taking place today, uh, which a lot of people don't know, is that the IRS is taking our money during the year and they're using that to pay uh, out in um, appropriations to Department of Education, Department of Defense, Department of the Interior, all of those cabinet, 13 cabinet positions, Department of Energy, mm-hmm. all of them, Department of Education. And so basically they're getting a loan from us. Right. <laughs> That's our money. Mm-hmm. And over the last several years, they've mismanaged a lot of that money. Mm-hmm. And then they gave a, they meaning the federal government gave a big tax break to the very wealthy, the top 1% and corporations, mm-hmm. which didn't even need need the tax break because they were flushing money. And so what they were going with was a trickle down effect, kind of what President Reagan had put in years ago. And mm-hmm. it doesn't work. And that same attempt was made this time. And guess what? It didn't work because they're well, not generating enough revenue from those corporations in the top 1%. And uh, then that puts the burden on the middle class and the poor people, mm-hmm. the lower income people. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at taxes, when that new tax uh, law went into effect in 2017 under President Trump, they also put in a tax increase for the middle class and for the lower income people. 
and it's coming up this year, Angela. The rate rate changed this year. So people who are projecting to get more money back are getting their money back at the same rate will not get it back because the rate has increased. But the government, the administration didn't tell anyone. Okay. Of course not. Yeah. And I was doing some research on it. And I just said, well, okay. So they gave veterans a, I believe a 1% raise. Wow. Uh, For me, that came to about $47.60. I did the math. (laughs) And so I just said, why didn't you all just not give the 1% raise and just give the regular and just move forward? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to taxes, of course, and and I'm going to add in something else in just a minute, but when it comes to taxes, it's best, first of all, that we pay them. But number two, that if a person happens to be an entrepreneur, then you get a, get a lot of tax breaks with that. And that's why I'm really encouraging youth to also uh, start a business because you get a lot of tax breaks as a result of uh, leading the business. In fact, when we look at COVID-19 right now, the people got the PPP, mm-hmm. the, the personal protection program for businesses that had employees and they had to lay them off for a certain amount of time and keep them operating. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when we start looking at all of that being forgiven, well, that's trillions of dollars. And as an example, the Los Angeles Lakers received $4 million. Ruth Chris received 20 million. Shake Shack, I think received 10 million. Now these are multi-billion dollar corporations. Mm -hmm. So the mom and pop on the corner with the beauty parlor, the barber shop and the food truck got Mm -hmm. nothing. And so wow. what I'm talking about now is that stimulus mm-hmm. and um, the stimulus that's going out now, the $600 checks that they didn't want to give 2000 for, uh, the $600, of course, we know is not going to go very far. Right. It, it won't even right. last for most people who are behind two to three months in rent and utilities exactly. and everything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we throw in this aspect about the stimulus in there, again, that's really... Uh, a government giveaway to the uh, wealthiest uh, corporations out there. In fact, I think Harvard, who has the largest endowment of any college in the world, I think they're at 40 billion. They received 10, about 9 million. And a lot of them gave the money back. The Lakers gave it back. I think Joel Osteen, he's got about four or 5 million for his, his church. So it's a lot of money out there. And that's why I say, uh, when we look at the universe, Angela, the universe is very abundant. Mm-hmm. As long as we don't have a scarcity mentality and we think, well, I don't have this, I don't have the money, the money is out there. All we have to do is sit down and figure out how are we going to get it? Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking every day. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to think every day. There's an abundance out there. And we know who put that abundance out there. Right. God put that abundance yeah. out there and God never never been bankrupt. Exactly. Amen. Yeah. So, so we have yeah. yeah. So we get ourselves together financially, then we'll go after that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. He wants us to go after it. That's the mm-hmm. that's the thing right there. A lot of people realize that. You know how people uh let's say people go to church in the physical structure of the sanctuary, because right. individuals are the churches. 
that we go to the sanctuary to gather with other churches, right. <laughs> other people. Mm -hmm. and, right. so, and in the biblical principle of giving 10%, well, when you look at 10% and you uh, pay that over the course of the year, let's say based on the gross amount of money one earns, then at the end of the tax year, that's a big write-off. Mm -hmm. You see, and a lot of people, yeah. they don't see that, but churches are nonprofits, so they don't even have to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. So um, there are a lot of different ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And all we have to do is plug into them, legally plug into them mm -hmm. and make it happen for us. And, and that's what I'm hoping for all of us in 2021. This has to be our, if there's never going to be another great year it had better be 2021 because 2020, right. 2020, we felt that heat. We felt mm -hmm. the heat of 2020. So yeah, that, that's, that's where we're at. And um, I really uh, enjoyed uh, talking with you and great questions. And uh, you know, our goal of course is for other people to learn from this particular coaching session. And again, I'm, thank you uh, for entering it. and. And uh, if you have, do you have any other questions you'd like to ask Angela? Uh, no, Paul, this was very informative and I really appreciate all your time. And uh, I really, you know, I'm so excited that I was able to be your first yes. contestant to participate in the coach, coaching session. And I look forward to continuing to work with you and continuing to learn from you as we just move forward and make things great and get our money, our money mind together. That's right. Absolutely. And like you said, we learn from each other. And I, I tell everybody, I don't have a um, uh, aspect where I know everything, but I know a little bit and I add it with what somebody else's know, and then we both uh, can benefit from it. And I think that's very important. So thank you again for entering and registering uh, to become the first Enter to Win contestant. And I just want to thank you for that. And thank you for being a wonderful guest and the wealth Academy podcast community honors your presence, my friend. So continue excellence in all that you do, Angela, and your family. And we will continue to uh, watch you as you deliver excellence in all that you do. Okay, great. Thank you. All right. And one of the things, uh, last things I want to say to the Wealth Academy podcast community is this. Today, you saw uh, Angela Smith Anderson. She came on. It takes courage to do what she did today. I'll be honest with you, not, not a lot of people willing to do that. At this juncture of my life, I'm willing to do it. If Oprah came back on TV, Angela and I would both be there. Will we, Angela? We'd be getting interviewed by Oprah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I want to thank you for that. But I also want other people to come on because every Tuesday uh, for the entire year, 52 weeks in this year, I will be coming on at this time with a new guest or, or bringing back a guest such as Angela back on. Just go to www.wealthacademyprograms.com forward slash enter, E-N-T-E-R dash two, T-O dash win, W-I-N. And when you uh, register uh, to, uh, to, to be on the uh, episode for coaching, you will receive a free ebook uh, called titled Master the Mind, and you will be able to uh, come on for about 30 minutes, just like Angela did today. So we really thank her for that. My time is up and I thank you for yours. Have a great day. And we want to thank and give applause to uh, Angela uh, Smith Anderson 
once again for being just a great guest. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. Thank you all so much. Thank you for listening. You You will find the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned. You will find the show notes on my landing page. Subscribe to the Wealth Academy Podcast. Rate or review the podcast on iTunes. 